Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to episode 78 of the Fabulously Keto podcast. And today I'm talking to Joanne McManamy. And Joanne and I met through a Facebook group. And I love that she's taken her health into her own hands. And she's very lucky because she had a heart operation. And it was at that time that she made a decision. And she decided she wanted to live. Since recording this episode, Joanne has booked a trip to London and she will arrive in just under two weeks from when this airs in March 2020. And we're going to meet up and we're going actually to Cambridge to visit fellow podcast host Dan Grief. But anyway, before we get into the interview, let me tell you a little bit about Joanne. Joanne McManamy is an informed patient who has turned her life around. After a lifetime of overeating, she experienced the realisation that led to good decision making, which then led to significant weight loss, good health and a high quality life. Joanne is a retired professor who loves visiting England. She's looking forward to sharing her journey of recovery with the fabulously keto audience. Welcome, Joanne, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you with us today. Oh, it's so good to be here. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm very excited to find out all your story. I know a little bit about it, but it's going to be so exciting to find out some more. So we always start with where in the world are you? I'm in Villages, Florida, which is in central Florida and the largest retirement community in the United States. Ah, and did you, you didn't always live there, did you? No, I uh, was born in Massachusetts, uh, Western Massachusetts, grew up in Connecticut, and uh, spent most of my career in the Boston area. Fabulous. Yeah. So let's start with your story, because I think you've got a really impressive story to tell people. And I think there's maybe bits that will resonate with listeners, but also I think it'd be very inspiring to hear you know, what your journey has been and how you got to where you are today? Well, yeah, I um, became an overeater uh, when I was age seven. Um, it's something that required a lot of processing to, to heal. But I never uh, got fat until I was 40. So I lived between 140 and 120 as an adult. Um, and then I just ballooned up to 280 over a period of a few years. So I turned 40 in 87. So by the time it was 91, I was already 280 pounds. That's so that's you almost doubled your weight. You doubled. did double your weight. Yes, I did double my weight. And in um, a short space of time, basically at that point, I shut down. Um, I went into a lot of maladaptive behaviors, such as working. I would work from seven in the morning to 10 at night on most days, um, usually had Sunday off. And I forgot to live. Mm. I was just so focused on work. And it was not the things that would move me ahead in my career. I made some bad decisions. I was a teaching machine. I loved teaching. But as one of my former provosts said to me, Joanne, you've taught three lifetimes. Give yourself a break. And 
I had to when I turned 65. So, so what did you teach? I taught uh, basically management, the softer side of business administration. Uh, I taught both MBA students and um, undergraduate students. Uh, and uh, and now maladaptive behaviors, looking at my own, but I could diagnose any corporation having a maladaptive behavior. So, so I got good at it and people hired me a lot and it brought me to London all the time. So, and I never needed an excuse for that. So, uh, yeah, over, do the work. Yeah. The weekend, fly home on Monday. So, so do you know what happened when you were about 40 that, that changed? What, what changed? Bad breakup with a boyfriend. I gave up on myself ever finding any kind of love. I did not believe I was lovable. I was the person that did everything for everybody in my family. Um, and then a little bit later on in life, I set boundaries. I didn't know how to say no. Mm. And I just kind of stretched myself and the weight kept kept going on, developed really bad compulsive eating. Um, if I'd come home from work, uh, you know, I was exhausted. I should have slept, but then I'd eat three sandwiches um, and then go out and teach my night classes, teach the MBA students at night. And it was, um, I did that pretty much through my 30s, 40s, and 50s. And um, I retired from my full-time job when I was 56, but then then I, you know, did a whole lot of part-time gigs until I was 68. And then work's been done for me since I was 68. So that's seven years. So that, then I started living. So how did you find low carb? What was your first foray into low carb keto and how did you find it? Well, uh, let's just take the low carb point uh, for now. Uh, my Aunt Monica, when I was 18, and I weighed 125, I was not fat. I had an extra inch on me then too. Um, told me about it. She was a nurse and um, she explained the whole thing to me. Then I decided to major in nutrition in college. And um, I stayed a nutrition major for two years and I learned a lot and she was absolutely right. But then, you know, things happen. I, I gave up some of my power. Um, you know, I believed I had to eat my vegetables, which I still do believe. But um, what happened is I started eating bread and that's my nemesis food, bread and potato chips, pizza, you know, and, uh, and then I didn't look back at low carb. And to, to, to think I had that knowledge when I was 18 and then did nothing with it again until uh, about 2010. Then it yeah. came back and I gave Aunt Monica the credit before she died. And uh, I really, really embraced low carb from that point. Then keto kicked in about 2017 with me. So, you know, five years ago, uh, I went to an advertised doctor, which I don't usually do, who said he could get me off my diabetes meds. And in three months he did. Wow. And the keto uh, became part of that. So it was low carb keto. Uh, I was eating, uh, I think, too much fat because it's so delicious and satiating. Uh, I've cut back since then and then uh, put in intermittent, intermittent fasting when I became aware of Jason Fung. So yeah. uh, the three together and um, a choice of really healthy fats. Yeah. Uh, so what happened in, in 2010 that low carb came back to the forefront of your mind? Was it, did you, was it a book or a, somebody said something? It was. I decided why not try it again? You know, it, it was knowledge that was there. It wasn't a particular external event. But then I, uh, I went one summer and that's how I began to lose the initial part of my weight. Yeah. In one summer, and that was of 2010, I got, let's see, 30 pounds off. So I started to progress down to 250. Uh, but also at that time, I was going to vegan spas and juice fasting. 
<laughs> so I knew a little bit about the fasting, but it wasn't the kind that I do now. Yeah. Uh, and it helped. But the vegan, it, when I did that, I would lose 10 pounds. And within two weeks, I would have found it again. Yeah. It's and, always on and off, isn't it? And it, it around that time, that's when I was uh, researching on how to cure my diabetes. I, I went around for a whole year with a cane. Um, and, uh, you know, in the beginning, I couldn't drive. And uh, I did everything uh, alternative and traditional to cure that. You know, I did go to, you know, uh, a coach. Uh, I went to a, a traditional osteo doctor and, and then did Twina massage, which is Thai. And that guy helped me the most. Really? He's, he said, you, your whole body and soul is like one big elastic band ball. And I've got to take it apart bit by bit. And you'll notice you're going to feel much better today. It will click back. We need a four-month commitment. I said, fine. And by the end of that summer, I was walking with a cane and really not in pain. In the whole year, it got better. So that was the first thing uh, I was able to get rid of. And then by, you know, a year later, I was walking again. So, so that, that was the first one. And then, you know, I had the heart disease in 2012. Yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, I, uh, again, suspected something was wrong and did not go to the doctor. We don't make those mistakes anymore. I don't make those mistakes anymore. And it was taken into an emergency room, had just moved to Florida in 2012. And I'm in a strange hospital in Ocala, Florida, and told I need an aortic valve replacement and a triple bypass. And I just said, yee, you know, you've got to do this. And, you know, it's all in my mother's line of the family, the, the bad heart genes. And um, I did it. I totally surrendered to what had to happen and felt great inner peace. And it, it was done and I was out and I felt better. Um, and that was another really difficult point to face. And that's when I decided I wanted to live. And then after that, I was diagnosed with diabetes. So, but I probably was walking around with it for years. Yes. And now I, I'm 84 fasting glucose this morning. You know, I'm good as long as I don't eat processed foods because they are addictive to me. And yes. um, so those are the three pieces of it. And then the intermittent fasting, just my goodness. So the weight uh, since... Uh, 2012 has come down from like 230 to 150. This is the last 80 pounds I've done since I've been in Florida. And um, I'm not used to looking at myself because I still see the, the chubby girl. And, yeah. Uh, you sent me a photo of you, your before photo, and you can definitely see it's you and you were, you, you were a bit younger then. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's. I better hair too. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. I'm going to put the photo in the show notes somewhere. We don't. We've never put photos in in the show notes other than the the header photo. So we'll we'll add that in for people to have a look at. But yeah, it's just was it's it's a combination of so many things of facing what I needed to face that I was burying by eating. It's yeah, the, and the emotional fears. Um, and that's and the, that's the hardest part, isn't it? It is because then they always unearth something more. So I've been working with a, a spiritual coach um, since 2014, and she helps immensely. And uh, I get vulnerable, and she blows the whistle on me when I'm whining. And um, really helpful. So you have to do the emotional. You yeah. Have, yeah. And look at how committed you are to change. And what I hear in a lot of people, well, I'll do it later. I'll do it when, you know, and my brother reminded me yesterday, he says, oh, yeah, when you get your dissertation done, you're going to lose the weight. How often he heard me say that. And, you know, yeah, that, tomorrow yeah. never comes, does it? it? Tomorrow never comes. And it's a very low level of commitment. Yeah. Always always. Did. Whatever. 
you know, but the, then it's, that's the second lowest one. And then the third, which I hear all the time, especially with my former students, I'll try. What the heck does that mean? Yeah, you either do it or you don't do it. Do it or you don't do it. I mean, one of my bosses said to me once, well, I tried to call you. I said, what does that look like? You looked at the phone? <laughs> you grabbed it? No, it tells me nothing. Until you get to the, uh, or I'll do my best is the next level. And until you get to, I'll do what it takes. And to get to that point where you just have to say, all of this needs to be faced. And yes, I will do what it takes. And so many times I didn't ever get to that level. Mm. Once I did, I was like a train on a track. Yeah. So would you say yeah. the po- that point where you've got to, was that because you slowed down at work or did you slow down at work because you'd made the decision to look after yourself? Uh, I, I think it's both a chicken and egg thing. I Once I retired from my, my um, academic job, I was 56 and I just restructured my life. And I said, I've got to create a, a second career. I'm only 56. So I went to life coaching school, which was one of the most significant things I did. Uh, I chose one that focused on emotional fears. Mm. I had people pointing to me, why are you putting up with that from that person? In other words, I was learning that I count in this equation. And it really triggered me again to, to start that process but I really accelerated after I became a coach. And, you know, I, I actually, every time I go to London, I saw a therapist because the therapy he did could only be done in London because mm. it's illegal in the United States. And oh. uh, I faced my biggest fear with him. And I thank him so much. I'm still in touch with him. So, yeah. Um, so- yeah. Is your biggest fear something you happy to share or you'd rather not? Uh, I had been the victim of sexual abuse and it took a special kind of person to help me heal that. Yeah. And that was, that happened as a child. And um, it probably explained why I got so fat because I was so armored. Hiding. And stuffing down the feelings, I guess, with food. The feelings. And it, uh, it was the changing moment for me, kind of. And once all those pieces, it was a bunch of pieces from everywhere came together. I knew how to eat. I knew how to say no, which was huge. Um, I started exercising because I, it wasn't painful anymore. Um, uh, I learned to get some sleep um, and to manage the stress. I meditate. I do a lot of good things for me now, but I did none of those things before. All I did was compulsively eat yeah but I, i'm thankful i never smoked and was not a drinker so yeah thankful for things. so so anyway and then i discovered all these wonderful tools and rediscovering low carb discovering keto and intermittent fasting and the weight has been a slow steady progression of about 10 pounds a year so but still down that's good yeah yep and you know i vary like three pounds it's, it's, you know, I can eat something and, and then it's off in a few days. So it's, it's, it's steady point. Now I'd like to get to one to one forty just so I can say I'm half of what I used to be. But <laughs> you're nearly, yet. you're nearly there. So uh, I was hoping you, it'll happen this year. Yeah. If you're doing 10 pounds a year, you'll get there by the end of the year. Yeah, I will. So that's the goal. So talk to me about, um, because you, like many of our listeners, are in the older age bracket. So mm. we, we've hit women, we've hit that menopausal age where our hormones go all over the place and losing weight becomes even more challenging. Yes. <laughs> what do you say, what was your success? Because I know for myself, I've reduced that initial three and a half stone Sometimes it's four stone if I do some fasting, but then it comes back up again. Um, and I just can't get, I, I cannot bust through that 12 and a half stone mark. So what, what, what would you put your success down to? Because you've, you've got the, 
you would have had similar hormones to me going on at that time. Yeah. Uh, when I was in my 50s, when I hit menopause at 55, um, actually, I was still on my, I was still stalled at about between uh, 230 and 235. And uh, I didn't really start to move that last chunk of weight until I was older. Uh, I don't medically know what the hormones would be. I mean, they're all gone. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was the probably the most difficult period of life because I was still working, I was still going to London all the time, uh, starting at age 52, uh, all the way, way through. So I, I really don't know, but I just, I just stick with it and, you know, don't starve yourself. And I'm sure you're doing all of those things. And I don't know if I have anything else to add, but that's before I got into my really accelerating in really being uh, keto and low carb and intermittent fasting kicked mm. in when I was successful, that combination works for me. And, you know, all of our bodies are different and uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry can't offer the magic bullet here, but <laughs> I'm always looking for that magic bullet. <laughs> yeah, we all, you, you know, but just talking, talking it when I, when I, I still have the bad behavior of uh, when I get bad news or let's say I got a bill and they double bill me, <gasps> you know, I, <laughs> I run to the refrigerator yeah, and I opened it and I said, well, are you doing here? I say something to myself. I said, there it is again. Stop. And then I go sit down, pour myself something to drink. And then um, they sit down, it passes. Yeah. But the action is still there. So, yeah. I know you, you said you've listened to all, all of our podcast episodes. So you're making me think of the one with um, Renee Jones, where she said she hang, hung a pacifier on the fridge. I love that. What are you trying to soothe by looking yes. in the fridge? And that was a nice recent one. Actually, I played that one for my brother. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, what are you trying to soothe? That was an excellent question. Yeah. And I can never answer it where the answer is food. So yeah, you know, I, I come up with the things I need and uh, respect, love, you know, those things. And it's never through food. Yeah, stuffing it, but the but the initial reaction is still always there. I'll run from the PBS double charged me on my on on my donation this year, and I just like they're robbing an old lady. You know, (laughs) they double billed me. So yeah, so I sent you into a spin. So what does what does your um. What does your day look like in terms of food and the other lifestyle changes that you've brought in? What does that look like nowadays? Before I had the broken foot, in the morning I would walk a couple of miles, uh, and I cannot I cannot do that today. Hopefully in March I will be able to do that. Um, uh, I go out at about five thirty in the morning, and I must have my coffee. So we have a, a group of early more early riser morning coffee drinkers at Starbucks, mm-hmm. which is I can walk to it when I don't have a broken foot. But yeah. uh, I, I get in my car and I drive down and it's just a nice way to connect with people. And to do that, to have my coffee and then I come home at eight o'clock and um, have breakfast. I am a, I must have my breakfast and my lunch. I don't eat dinner. Yeah. So uh, that's the way uh, I eat two meals and then intermittent fast, usually from two in the afternoon until eight or nine in the morning. So that's my day. Uh, I have been uh, basically staying in, going out once since I've, I, I've had this injury. And um, uh, I read, I read, I read, I listen to podcasts. I kind of say, I'm going to medical school about the things that I have a disease in, uh, so a Joanne centric medical school, <laughs> and um, and with it, in the change behavior in my health is I demand better and better and better doctors. Yeah. So um, and I'm a bad doctor's worst nightmare, and a good doctor 
all love me, you know, or really, you know, just really help. And so I've got much higher standards about that. I traveled to the University of Florida in Gainesville to go to most of my doctors. Uh, and I'm very happy with the ones up there. And some down here are also very good. Um, so I do demand better doctors. I spend at least four hours a day researching and reading. Uh, this week's reading is all about cholesterol. Mm-hmm. So um, I have uh, I've read uh, Philip Ovedia's book, and now I'm going to read Malcolm Kendrick's book on the clot thickens. That's yeah. that's my next book. So I I read at least a book a week, and and they're all complicated books. So it's 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 good to do. And um, and then I watch British t- TV. Excellent, <laughs> because I'm. I miss England. <laughs> you're getting, yeah, you're getting your British fix. Yes, and I always have a cup of tea with it. So yeah, so we we've interviewed Philip Ovadia. So he'll be at he's he was episode uh, what episode was he seventy seven? Yeah. So um, that's interesting. I, I'm going to read his book too. I'm currently reading A Statin Free Life by Dr. Asim Maholtra. Well, I'm waiting for my copy of that to come, and they just. March 1st, it's going to arrive. So, you know, getting it from London is, uh, you know. Yeah. So there's there's loads of places I want to go, but let's start with before we, because I asked you about what your food looks like. So tell us what breakfast and lunch look like for you. And then we'll, and then I've got some, a few other questions I want to ask you. Breakfast usually for me follows about three different patterns. Um, This morning I had two scrambled eggs one piece of uncured bacon, uh, my uh, uh, imitation toast, I call it, uh, base culture. I like to have a piece of bread, and this is not addictive. So I had that with a half an avocado on it. And that was this morning's breakfast. Um, Another pattern I do is avocado toast with salmon, uh, smoked salmon or or salmon that I've prepared, chicken. I have a, a good about four ounces of protein with breakfast and then I eat lunch when I'm hungry yep. so that's usually about 1 30 to o'clock in the afternoon so salad vegetables little protein yeah excellent today we're having brussels sprouts <laughs> yeah I had those last night yes so you recently went to low carb USA in Boca Raton yes and you sat with some very Impressive people. Tell well, us. Well, it's uh, of the famous people. Uh, the, my friend Suzanne and I were joined by Michelle O'Hearn, who would be, we've been talking to the entire time, and who, in my opinion, gave one of the best two uh, presentations uh, at the conference. So we we had her, and and then Ken Berry wanted <laughs> to sit next to me, and we. He is one of the funniest presenters. Uh, he just, I get it when he says it. it he's, he's very, very funny. And I en- totally enjoyed the evening. And we talked all weekend. And uh, that was thrilling. The next night, we just put our stuff down. And when we got back through the buffet line, Dave Feldman was sitting at the table with Vivian Lowe. <laughs> another speaker and uh, uh, he is just, he is one of the nicest people I've ever met and so smart. And, uh, and Vivian Lowe would be a doctor. If I were back in Boston, I definitely would, would seek as a primary care physician, really yeah. a lovely woman. And, uh, but the mingling, I got to talk to every single speaker. Yeah. Um, They're so I, approachable, aren't they? They are. And I spent a lot of time with Phil Avadia. Um, he's so generous with his information. And um, and uh, the others, too, it was great to see Brian Lenskis and, um, you know, uh, just the, the other speak. I knew about half the speakers from, from San Diego and a uh, podcast, but met a lot of really new people that were very good. Amber Hearn was there and Shabon. Huggins was there. I hadn't met them before. Very, very nice people with great stories. And 
Yeah. Uh, just so much I learned. I still haven't processed it all. So yeah, that'll take a while, but I'll, I will be going back to the, the Boca one definitely next year because it's a quick drive down the coast. So Excellent. Yeah, lovely. And then the other thing is you said that um, about your cardiologists yeah. and you said you've got three, three cardiologists. Um, are they accepting of your low carb keto lifestyle? Well, absolutely. Two of them want me to advise them on what to eat. <laughs> and it's interesting. I, I have a new cardiologist this year and um, my, my last cardiologist who I love very much chose to go off in a different direction. And um, I got this great new cardiologist and he's right. He's, he's, is the doctor I need right now. He um, gets right to the bottom of, of things. I had to have, go have a, uh, uh, an angiogram in November and um, I have some blockages still. And then he wanted me now to go to an, an uh, I think they call it a cardio physiologist or deals with the electrics of the heart. And mm -hmm. I just met her for the first time Tuesday and she wants me to help her lose 15 pounds. And she, the two of them are going to be listening to this podcast. So, and I, uh, it just, they're just wonderful people. And the, the guy that did the angiogram had a sense of humor and he got, they, they just treat me so well. And, you know, this is probably going to get me in the long run but we're going out fighting. So um, I just want to live the best life I can. And I have three people that I, are really supportive of me, along with um, my endocrinologist and, you know, people that keep me on track. They're competent. They're good. They have big hearts and they all listen very well. Mm. So, yeah. Excellent. That's what I consider an excellent doctor. So, yeah. So you've cured your arthritis. Yep. You've had your heart bypass and you've re reversed your type 2 diabetes. Yeah. What other things have you noticed that have, have improved where your walking is better? Yes, my walking will be better very shortly. <laughs> this is just a blip. <laughs> um, uh, I'm doing better cognitively. Yeah. I've got a lot of Alzheimer's and vascular dementia in the family. And I'm at an age where I'm still pretty much functioning. Um based on my aunts and my mother. So um, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, I've noticed some slippage in, you know, grasping for words, but uh, I'm also happier. You know, it's just takes a lot to get me mad. So. Yeah. Other than PBS double billing you. Just double, but that was quick. <laughs> yes, but they did double bill me. So, yeah. So what else do you think listeners might be interested in knowing about you? Well, uh, I think they, um, I did it after not being able to lose weight for many, many, many years. All of a sudden, I took myself seriously and um, figured out what it is you have to do to do what's necessary. So I would encourage um, most of the listeners to take charge of your health. Do not give your power away to a physician. Um, really research your condition. And some that would be very hard for some people probably, but at least start it. Find out if, if anything nutritionally can help your condition. And don't be afraid to challenge a doctor. Um, I had a conversation with Ken Berry and he taught me how to challenge my doctor a little more tactfully than <laughs> I had been in the past. So, <laughs> so share, share, share what that is. He just, he just, you know, step back and ask them what you could read to kind of come to the same conclusion. Take, take show them that you're taking responsibility, not like I did to one of my PCPs who I said. You can't put these three things together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was appalled at my behavior, but she had to be replaced. So, because um, she wouldn't do the testing I wanted. And there was a reason I wanted the testing. But anyway, I didn't have to behave that way. Um, 
So I really, really hold high standards. If, if, if a, a doctor is, you know, like, well, I know, and you're going to, you're, you're not going to be my patient if you don't follow my orders. That's not the right doctor for you under any circumstances, but you can just step back, show the doctor, respect the doctor. Uh, even though the doctor may not deserve respect, um, respect the doctor and just ask a gentle question. And then you can figure that out afterwards. Yeah. And chances are he might not even know what you should read to find out about it. Exactly. And that's kind of where you, you know, the podcasts, blogs, things, you'll, you'll figure out the critical, the, the really good people. Um, as you go along, you'll prune your podcast lists. Um, initially, my last cardiologist was a, was a vegan, and I think it, it worked for her, and she's a wonderful person, but some of that stuff didn't work for me. So I kind of let go of the Michael Gregors and the uh, Joel Kahn's and podcasts I used to listen to, but still let, you know, oh, they have some good in- information about vegetables. So yeah. I, I hold on to them for that. So, but, yeah. uh, no, this is, this is what's worked for me. It's, it's going to keep me going far longer than I would have. I, I should have died when I was 65 and I didn't. I have this extra lease on life and I'm having fun. I'm doing all the things that I wanted to do beforehand. And, you know, like, um, you know, I got on the prices right. I got to do a major news story in England uh, with CBS and uh, I'm having fun. I'm being a journalist. I'm being a healthcare person. And um, I, it just gives me passion. And we need that to, to keep going. And um, yeah, and we, and we, you know, no matter how old you are, you still need interests and things to do to keep you um, sort of engaged in life, really, don't you? It, it does. And it's, um, yeah. And when I helped cover the wedding of Harry and Meghan on, May 19th, 2018. <gasps> wow. Wow. <laughs> it, it was fun to, to do that from a news, a news perspective and, um, and then go on to talk about it on our local CBS affiliate in Orlando. Uh, these are the things that keep me going. I always keep a bucket list. Um, and um, who knows what I'm waiting for Mick Jagger to call me. Um, and because I want to do, I want to do backup with him. Um, so you sing as well? Oh God, no, this is, this is like a dream that, you know, there's, there's no basis in rationality. The last time I saw him was at Wembley in 2003 and he was singing only to me. So of course, there was no one else there. Connects, nobody connects better than Nick. And so I just said, gee, I want to, I want to sing, give me shelter with him. So, cause it's just so passionate. And so that's. So maybe that's one of our listeners knows Mick Jagger and they can pass your message know. on. You put it out or as Ken Berry said to me, you'll meet him at the white house, which is my other, uh, my other bucket list item right now. I want <laughs> President Biden or Jill to invite me to the white house for dinner. And Kim Bear said, well, Nick will be there and it'll be all set. So I <laughs> just uh, he had a good idea there. So, and I, I'm searching for my third one now because, you know, I'm getting to do podcasts. So that was, uh, that was my last one, which has not been replaced yet. So, yeah. So what, what else is ahead for you for 2022? Well, I'd like to get traveling again, um, take another road trip. Um, uh, I drove all the way to New Hampshire from Florida, which you know, took me several days, but I made lovely stops. My yeah. daughter's in South Carolina, my niece is in North Carolina. I stopped by my college in Maryland and saw Dr. Tro on the way up in, uh, in New, New York, York one yeah. inch of New Jersey, and then went to spend the rest of the time in Connecticut and Massachusetts and New Hampshire, and then drove back in three days. So, uh, that's, I plan to do that in September. Yeah. And uh, no, nothing much else planned. I'm just looking forward to, to getting back to uh, being uh, healthy, get this, the little surgery I had and uh, my foot healed and then 
then I'm on the go. Yeah. So, um, London, here you come. I'm co definitely coming to London as long as I don't need to be tested every day. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm coming over and I'll, I'll be careful. Uh, yeah, I'm, we're, we're going to meet up. Yes. And I, I'm looking at airline rates right now and um, hotels, packages, everything is really inexpensive right now. So it's, you know, it's going to be done if I, if I can do it. So um, I'm looking forward to the next trip to London so I don't have to watch so much British TV <laughs> and watch every little London thing on Instagram. Yeah. Secret London. I love London. London for you. I mean, all of these titles. And I get to ride a bus again. You know, there's an actual Instagram that has you ride a bus. And I get on the bus from my living room and I ride the bus. Oh, I didn't I, know that. <laughs> oh, my God. You got, there's so many <laughs> ones. So that, that, again, makes me think I'm in love. Well, it doesn't do it really, but I'm, I'm on. And if it's a bus I normally ride, I'm very happy. But I'll take it bus. <laughs> see the <laughs> see the usual sights. See the usual sights from the bus and say, oh, that bus has changed its route. Because they yeah. So anyway, I do all these things to uh, kind of make yeah. me think of London and but I, I'm hope hopefully going like around March 27. So yeah. That'd be so, fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just really love it. No, know the tubes, no, no, all, at least the central London buses. I usually stay in Kensington. I sometimes will stay uh, near around the British Museum because those are good places to stay. Mm. Um, and uh, we're sometimes out as far as Ealing or uh, Chiswick, um, Brentford, you know, so. Uh, yeah, great. No, not, not anything, but um, let's see. Um, so that's all I'm planning to do. I don't, I'm not making too many plans, but. Um, Maybe you need to be on some more podcasts. I would love to. Yeah. Just anybody. Yeah, I probably can. Good. So okay. I'll do that offline. Do that offline. So, <laughs> but you know, it's, I just loved my life for the last 10 years yeah. because it's, I've, I've made nice new friends here and I have kept all my old ones in Massachusetts in Connecticut. And, uh, uh, but my life is happy. I'm enough now. I don't have anything to prove. Yeah. I don't have to achieve anything more. I've worked three lives teaching. Um, what I have, I give away now. And, um, and my cooking is a lot better and, <laughs> and simpler and easier. And I'm just, getting thin and it's it's hard to believe that i'm a size 10 american size 10 yeah so that's was, what's that an eight in english uh yeah probably is sizes are always uh a one size higher i believe yeah, i think americans are higher aren't they yeah yeah it is yeah so it would be probably i'm i'm a i'm a medium yeah uh, when i buy that way and i was a 4x uh which I think are the same in England because I went to several of the uh, plus size stores when I needed something nice in an emergency. So yeah, it's just about that. And it's, I've given, given so much away and yesterday I bought myself three sweaters. So, cause it's cold here now. So. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure your cold is not the same as our cold. Oh, oh God, no. Oh God. No. No. I have a perspective on that. I used to go to England a lot in January, which I, I won't do anymore. Yeah. Ice, so, but um, yeah. So, okay. And we're probably warmer here than in Massachusetts. And yes, you were because Connecticut. The, yeah. The, uh, the stream, the globe, the stream. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you had palm trees in London. So um, not too many, but um, so uh, those are my plans. It just, uh, to keep on going and hope, hopefully I can get to England. Um, also, I want a trip on The Price is Right. I've yet to take that. That's to Switzerland. And hopefully that'll happen in July with my daughter. I'm taking my daughter with me. So Lovely. So Great. About it. So can people connect with you on social media? How can oh, they do that? Absolutely. I am uh, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. 
Okay. And just putting my name in, I'd be glad to connect with anybody. I am not on LinkedIn or nor do I have a website because I'm no longer working. So. Mm. But anybody yeah. who needs some support or just wants to vent, yes, I'm available. I'm so that's Joanne, J-O-A-N-N. Yes. And then you spell your surname because I know I'll get it wrong. M-C, capital M, A-N as in nuts, A-M-Y. And that's my name on uh, Facebook. Um, and then it's Dr. McManamy on Instagram. And Instagram has a dot after the doctor, Dr. Dot McManamy. Uh, and then on, on Twitter, I'm just Dr. McManamy with no dot. And, um, yeah. We'll put, we'll put all the links in the show notes so people yeah, can find yeah. you there. It's Yeah. And I'd be, I'd be glad to reach out. And I, I now have joined Low Carb UK and... Um, um, Again, I, I love connecting with the people, uh, the people I met on uh, the Wolfpack. Um, yeah. All of them. Yeah. Connected with. Yeah. Because I really enjoyed that meeting. And I met you. So. Yes. Yes. That was good. Yes. Yeah. And I think you're in the Fabulously Keto Facebook group as well. So people can connect I, with you there. Yes. So um, uh, that's kind of, well, I'm just going to keep chugging along. I'm going to aim for that. Uh, 10 stone weight yeah. 140 and um and that's where i'll stop and in terms of weight loss i've got to keep my arteries clear and um the electrics working in my heart yeah and uh just thankful for all my marvelous doctors each and every one of you you know a few few of you are listening yeah so, uh thank you you know for just wonderful health care and it's so good that you found supportive people to have around you. And I, mean, I think it's easier in America where you can change your doctor or change your doctor. Where, I know. But we yeah. can't do that. But, you know, it's, it's really lovely that you can find people that support you and your journey. Yeah. I mean, I, I have very little experience with national health just when I've had accidents and they've been very good. Yeah. Uh, and it was free for me and I just had to pay for my drug once. And, uh, but I, I do know the rigidity that you, you have. So I didn't want to focus too much on change your doctors. Cause I know it's just, unless you go, go with the private, is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess. Harley street, as they say. <laughs> yeah. I, but even then you're going to find doctors that are not open to low carb. So yeah, yeah. I think you can always find somebody to help you but you do yeah. have to pay for that. So, And, you know, I have a, a couple of doctors that I pay for, but it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's... you need, you need like, like Tro. I mean, he's, he's a champion. And um, if something's wrong with me, he calls my doctors and the criteria is they have to play nice with him. So, <laughs> which they do, we all do. So, yeah. so it, it, it's, some things are just worth it. And, other things aren't so um so yeah choosing the right choosing the right help in the right it's you you need to be supported and you need more than just the support of your doctors um i've turned my brother into uh low carb Mm. Mm -hmm. how long has he been doing that then uh basically this year uh he oh no actually I, I'm quite an aggressive sister. Um, so I was chasing him around, measuring his blood sugar and not liking what I saw. And now I like what I see a lot better. And he says he feels so much better eating the low carb. Yeah. So when he's here, that's all he gets. Yeah. So, well, that's um, good. Yeah. And, you know, I give him vegetables and things in, in uh, but he just feels better. And and so we champion each other on that. So I have his support. I have my daughter and my son-in-law's support. Um, They don't believe in taking any medications and they really look, look out for themselves and they've been really good example. And I've been an example back to them. So um, that's good. I have the support of those two critical people in my family. Um, and that's made a big difference. And I have 
um, several supportive friends. I can't say all of them are because some of them are, are you know, they'll, they'll eat the processed food from bags and boxes. Mm. So I have to step back. And uh, that's been hard for me to do. I want to share the good news, you know, but yeah. no, it's not. No. Appropriate. It's, no. it's not. And if they can just look at what I'm doing, and that's a better example. Yeah. There's lots of people around us that we know would probably do better if they changed what they ate, but everybody's got to come to this of their own accord, really, haven't they? And they've got to figure out their own body because low carb works for me. It works really well. It probably doesn't for everybody. I can't imagine that, but you know, we got to leave, I've got to leave people alone. So after I was called the diabetic Nazi, I kind of had to reflect on that. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we've just so, got to shine the light and then hopefully shine. people will follow it's it that's that's what i have to do and i think that that's how good information is shared it's just by doing a good job with it um so that's about what i have to offer Great. of uh anything but uh we we like to leave everyone with your three top tips well my three top tips would be number one choose life and it's a little more difficult if you're younger because you have the constraints of family and work but don't make my mistake don't do these maladaptive behaviors choose life and define what that is for you mm. in terms of the mix that you want and make sure you don't turn yourself off to love which i did um turn myself off for, with relationships with people um just don't be, I'm a bad example in my 30s, 40s, 50s, and some of my 60s of what to do. Put your needs first and love yourself. Second tip, be very aware and not afraid to face your demons or your fears, whatever you want to call them. Sit down with a therapist or a trusted friend and, and and just reflect on your life. Be very aware of who you are. Because mm. when people tell you you do something, you probably do. And uh, I know one of my maladaptives was being defensive. Still do it a little bit. Mm. But, you know, just, just look at it. And eat real food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess you hear that from a lot of people. But eat real food. Yeah. It shouldn't need a label. No, no real labels. Food. No labels on real food. And if you eat something moderately processed, like I buy bread um, that has no wheat or any grains in it, and it's called base culture uh, here in the United States, it's not as good as bread, but it scratches the itch for me without being addictive. Mm. That's the thing. I don't want a second piece of it. One is fine. Yeah. Be very careful with that because there are your condiments, certain things that are, are slightly processed. Just be very careful with those. Um, there's a, there are a few mayonnaises that are really good made of olive oil. Uh, there are ketchups that have actually tomato in them and no sugar. Yeah. You can find them and uh, buy them instead. So, but nothing ultra processed. Yeah. No potato chips, everybody. <laughs> no, potato no. Chips. no. <laughs> and you'd think that they would be fine because they're just potatoes and oil and salt, but it's wrong oil. <laughs> yeah. Oils and it's the it's it's a deadly combination of a high carbohydrate and a cheap oil. High fat. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be fooled by its olive oil and stuff that still spike the carbs like that. Yeah. The insulin and and um blood sugar. So uh, just be advised on that. And, you know, stick, stick to real food, stick to real food and be kind. I still have to learn that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joanne, thank you so much for being with us. It's been fascinating talking to you. Well, I thank you for it, having me on your podcast. So yeah, it's an amazing journey. And, and I think it'd be an inspiration to those of us that are a bit older that you know, it's never too late to change. It's never too late to change. I've had 10 good years out of being willing to change. And every year gets better. 
Yeah. Yeah. And good luck. Good luck with getting to your 10 stone. Yes. Yes. Great. Well, thank Thank you. you. Thank you. When I listen to Joanne, it really reminds me that one of the things I love is that as we get older, we are still willing to make changes. And it could be used as an excuse that it's too late. And why should I bother? But that's the easy option. And some of us don't take that option. We will do whatever it takes. And that was another thing that that Joanne mentioned is, I will do what it takes. And I love that attitude. And Louise refers to Gretchen Rubin often and talks about this loophole thinking, which is an, a, a justification or an excuse either to not do something or to do something which goes against what we'd agreed or we'd planned. So as an example, I was following a plan um, well before I went low carb, the year before I went low carb, which was removing potatoes and bread and focusing on eating eggs for breakfast. So it was quite low carb. and. I spoke to a doctor and he made this funny face about, oh, no, you should be eating carbs. Well, that was my loophole to go back to eating potatoes and bread and all the things that I loved. It was that excuse that I needed, that that way out. And we, we do it on ourselves most often. So, for example, another example is last year when... Louise and I were doing the 100-day alternate day fasting. And after a while, I was talking myself into, I need to stop. Uh, I'm not eating enough. I'm not losing any weight. And, and actually, thinking back, I didn't feel great. And it was the best thing, I think, was to stop that fast. But you have to be really careful about, is there a real justification for doing it or is it just your mind playing tricks on you in order to talk your talk you into doing that so having that i will do what it takes attitude is really fabulous and i've got um currently got a couple of clients who are in their 70s and they're, they're taking their health into their own hands and making those changes to improve themselves where they could quite easily think, well, it's too late now, why bother? And I love that Joanne has healed her arthritis, improved her type 2 diabetes. She says she has more cognitive function. She's happier. And I love, you know, she said, I took myself seriously. Quite often we belittle ourselves and we put ourselves down and think we are not important and she mentioned that as well so now she's got that extra lease on life and she's having fun how fabulous is that joanne also recommended to me michelle hearn who she she mentions in the podcast she saw her at low carb usa and so i got in touch with michelle and michelle is coming on in a few weeks time so you'll be able to listen to that. And in Low Carb USA, the one that Joanne went to was Low Carb Boca Raton in Florida. And that's usually in January. And then in the summer, they have one in San Diego. So the next one will be in August 2022. So you can, we've had Doug Reynolds on before. You can listen to that episode. You can go to Low Carb USA. And that's lowcarbusa.org. And if you buy any tickets, you can put in the discount code fabulouslyketo, or one word, and you'll get a 20% discount. So the podcast show notes can be found at fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcast forward slash 078. It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulously keto and you can choose the monthly amount you wish.
can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle Fabulously Keto 1 and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication. <laughs>